Hey, listen up, freaks. It's Effie. I'm here with Peter, and you're about to go into one of the craziest episodes of the podcast ever. There's going to be stabbings, murder, intrigue. No, I'm just kidding. We're going to talk about Australia. I went to Australia. I went to the zoo. I went to Sydney and Brisbane and Melbourne. I rode on planes for 40 hours this week. I'm going to talk about the wild uh, pressures of the Big Gay Brunch. We're going to talk about film. We're going to talk about the dogs because they're having a wild-ass night with this full moon coming. And we're going to talk about friendship. That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about how Superman's a bottom. We are going to talk a little bit too much about how Superman's a bottom. It is a little reminiscent of when I was yelling about the Anunnaki breeding us. But I think they're kind of similar things because Superman's an alien. And maybe he would maybe he would get pegged by Lois Lane. I like that he what we do not need to start. He is gonna get bread, not us. Yeah, we're bread. We're bread in the alien. We're bread in that alien man. Get over here, Superman. Take off your tights. Weekend at Effies dot com. Join the Patreon, you fucking freak. The uh, the word I was looking for was decisive, Peter. Decisive. Uh, okay, that it's makes very sense. decisive filmmaking. Yeah. yeah, you'd know more about this if you listen to our minisodes on the Patreon at Weekend at Effies dot com. Signing up for the Patreon is a great way to support me and Pitar in creating a world and a vision. And also, all the stuff we talk about this week about Australia, yeah, there's a vlog to go along with it. You haven't seen it yet, have you? I haven't. It's incredible. I can't wait. Some of my best cinematography I've ever done. You'll get to look forward to a Pitar vlog. Oh, next week. I love that because from uh, the the Chicago weekend. Yes, indeed. Okay, good. Get all the footage you can. Uh, I am bringing you into chaos. By the time the regular public gets this episode, we will have already come home from Chicago. We'll be on our way home from Chicago when this drops. We will have done our first live episode. Yes, and it's all it's all a mystery right now because. I got an email from Steve with Starcast, and he and it said, uh, "I told you this, but it said <laughs> uh, this email was uh, put together pre-cancellation of your show." And I said, uh, "Hey, bud," and I just called him right away, and I was like, "Hey, bud, what what's up?" And he was like, "What do, what do you mean?" And I was like, "Pre-cancellation of our show," and he was like, "Oh no, I copy and pasted. It wasn't your show. Your show is fine." And I was like, "Okay, thank God." So we will be on the Premiere Streaming Network stage. We'll be live on Premiere Streaming Network. You're making your streaming debut? Crazy. Crazy. They asked us today if we needed any special editing or lower thirds, and I said, I'll get back to you. I'll let you know. So maybe there are. Maybe there's some special lower thirds. We will have some guests who I uh, am not going to reveal yet. I think it's fantastic. By the time this comes out, you'll already know who the guests were. You'd be like, wow, what a set of guests. Like crazy that Baby Bob did show up and did the podcast. And did the podcast. I hope that her voice is not too affected by the festivities the day before of her performing her new single. Uh, I don't know. This is going to be so weird. I can't. I'm like, I was a little meaty on the mini set about it, but um, now that now that Big Gay Brunch is over, <laughs> I can say this. Y'all homosexuals should be very, very frustrated that Baby Bop got far more likes and retweets than you did. And Baby Bop probably sold more tickets than you did. I'm trying my best to be sweet to y'all. Bebop, come here. Bebop, you little piece of shit. Come here. Bebop. Hey, did I ask you to protect me? I did not ask you to protect me. No more protection. Stay, stay here. 
Hi, folks. It's Effie, and I'm here with Peter, and I just went to Australia. Welcome back. Thank you. Uh, since last Tuesday, Wednesday, I've been on a plane for 40 hours, and I'm going to leave tomorrow. I've been home for a day and a half. I landed and got home at 6 a.m. yesterday and slept and watched the end of Frost v. Nixon. Fantastic. Uh, we discussed that on the mini-sode as well as some other movies. And now I want to get into... My second trip to Australia in six months, which I got to say, for as much as I was sort of mad I was leaving town again and kind of mad I was going to have to travel this much, what a beautiful, pleasant, lovely trip. Shout out to all the renegades of wrestling people who made this trip so easy and so much fun. You know, my worry is always, is everything going to be taken care of when I go to this foreign land? Or am I going to be abandoned like CM Punk when he gets to London and he can't figure out the taxi system because he didn't read the email that says you need to handle your own transport from the airport? Uh, I did not have to handle any of my transport. So shout out Renegades of Wrestling. There was some drama in the wrestling world this weekend, wasn't there? <laughs> there was a lot of drama in the wrestling world this weekend. And I was in a completely different hemisphere, not worrying about any of that shit. But let me just say this. I used to run a business. I used to run a moving company. That did a lot of business and we hired a lot of people and you know some of the people made more money than others and I feel like when you're making a ton of money compared to some of your coworkers, there's a particular standard you're held to but I was also held to a particular standard of making sure that my employees were acting in accordance with the rules that we had given out to begin with and you can't have certain employees that don't follow the rules and others that do follow the rules and set the proper precedent for um good conduct because eventually people will start saying well if he cannot follow the rules I don't have to follow them either and I just want to say that if my employees get in physical altercations that somehow involve me um, they probably don't need to come back to work but then again this is wrestling so anything goes as long as you can get a 0.6 rating or whatever on your Saturday night show because you can't be on the regular show because you are going to get in fights. So we gave you your own show. I don't know. I'd be embarrassed if I was a grown man who couldn't stop getting in fights with people at my job where all I have to do is pretend to get in a fight. That's My job is to yeah. pretend to get in fights, and I'm backstage going like, I'm going to do more of it. Look, if you're not working it out in the ring, then I, I don't know hope there is for there's you. There's no hope, and it's sad. And I think the bigger point I'm trying to make is um, you're definitely not getting your money's worth on this one, Tony. This sounds like a this sounds like a bag that you're gonna have to just drop. But I I don't work there, and it's not my problem, and I don't have to deal with the guy. Thank God. But I can't say that I've heard a lot of wonderful things. I'm really appreciative that he supports trans rights. That's a point people keep bringing up. He supports trans rights. I think that's the fucking baseline for if you're a human being in my eyes. Yeah. If you can't support the rights of uh people. Uh, not you know that doesn't negate them based on gender or race or belief. Then yeah, I think you're a Nazi. So like, if the baseline is he's not a Nazi, uh, that's pretty awesome that we've got that as the standard for all other behavior is allowed. I don't want to get into this too much. I've had a wonderful week. Uh, I we could all use Sisu, Sisu, Sisu as a role model. Sisu is a role model. Uh, kill Nazis. <laughs> It's a controversial take these days. Wow. Um, and, you know, I hope, I just want to say to Phil, I hope you get therapy because something in your life is not complete or... His name's Phil. 
Oh yeah, his name is Philip Brooks. Philip. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. What's the CM stand for? Crying man baby. I'm just kidding. It's supposed to stand for chick magnet or Chicago made. Uh, just a cornball, dude. You're terrible. I'm so tired. I'm so terrible. tired of pretending. I have friends that are friends with him, and so you kind of try to like keep the peace. You want to hear a really good CM Punk story that I've probably told you before? Yeah. So I met Drew Galloway. Drew, what's his name? Drew McIntyre. When I after I got my foot tattoo, this was a WrestleMania one year. I have a Drew McIntyre foot tattoo uh, that has hashtag three MB baby on a Scottish kilt with the Intercontinental Championship. This is before his heavyweight championship run or whatever's going on now. When he was in the three man band with Heath Slater and Jinder Mahal, hashtag three MB baby. So I have a foot piece that is hashtag three MB baby, Drew McIntyre themed. And I said, Hey, Drew, this is embarrassing, but I've got to show you my Drew McIntyre foot tattoo. And he said, oh, that's you? And I said, yeah. And I pulled my foot out of my shoe. And he said, I've already seen it. Punk sent it to the group chat. Um, Because CM Punk was friends with some guys in bands who were also participating in a Royal Rumble tattoo thing. And so he had sent this foot tattoo to Drew McIntyre in some sort of wrestling group chat. And I just want to say the moral of the story is this. Uh, Of course, WWE superstars have been sending pictures of my feet to each other. Of course they have. You filthy little fucks. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I do have that tattoo forever. I have a lot of weird bad tattoos. Uh, recently, I've had to just accept compliments. Because like today at the bank, a woman was like, I love your tattoo in reference to the upside down uh, Sanrio crocodile named mm-hmm. Big Challenges. Yeah. Uh, but explaining, I had to explain that to Hijo Del Vikingo, my new hermano, Uh he said, Crocodillo? I said, yeah. He goes, why? I said, uh, his name is Big Challenges. I have Gringo translating. And every time I look down, I see Big Challenges. And he just started cackling. And I don't think it was a, that's a great joke cackling. I think it was a, bro, you got a real dumb tattoo there, don't you? I don't know. The the iconic photo for me and what makes this tattoo completely worth it is when Junkasai had me up in the like tiger driver, pile driver deal. And the tattoo was upright. <laughs> As my head is about to be driven into forks. Bebop. Bebop. Sorry, y'all. Our security system is going off. Bebop. Bebop. Now. No. Lay down. Lay down. Or I'll put you in the bear costume. We have a young puppy next door that is of interest to the dogs. And has gotten much larger than expected. Yeah. Still I, sounds like a little bitch, though. <laughs> I just want to say, too, if they end up... Did you go to their party? No. Okay. <laughs> no. I just want to say, too, and hopefully they'll eventually hear this podcast, clean your fucking shit up out of yeah, the yard. Yeah, I was a little too annoyed. And, like, our trash didn't... This is stupid house shit, but the they didn't take their trash out. Right. And so now our trash is filled. Because because they didn't take their trash out, right? And I'm not taking their trash out. I'm not taking their fucking trash out. Be adults. I'm not picking up their dog shit. Take your shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like they're like 18 and just got in a house together. These are like grown adults Mm -hmm. living in a house, and we're not like I'm not saying we're like, you know, leave it to Beaver the perfect household or something. But like, there's basic standards of. We pick up our dog shit. We pick up our dog shit and we take our can to the street occasionally. Really, like even every two weeks because we don't fill it you up that don't fast. don't need to take the trash out every single week. No, no, we don't have that much trash. No. We're okay. And we have the biggest recycling bin in the whole fucking neighborhood. And 
Y'all could take that out if you wanted, because you're putting a bunch of shit in there. Yeah. You fools. Yep. All right. Well, we'll we're living in this house. We're going to cleanse it, because it's giving us energy. I went to Australia again. My favorite thing to say when people the ghost say- ghost is moving the light. I don't know if you just uh, noticed. Oh, my God. Better lighting from me, from the ghost. Just trust the ghost. Yeah? It is better lighting. The ghost has given me perfect lighting. Can you tell I'm tan now? You are glowing a little bit. Oh. You said I look like I'd been working in the fields. <laughs> well, I, I went I went and got a tan, and I haven't done it in a long time. And I got home, and I said, I've got to shower off some of this tan. It was too tan. And the rule with uh, AJ is, because he's half black, I can't be more tan than him, because then it's like a little he's racially bit, insensitive. He's very pale, though. Am okay. I wrong about this? Uh, he's olive enough. Okay, yeah. As His rule is, he goes, white people can't tell, but black people can always tell. And so, okay. I don't Maybe know. Maybe that's... He's, it is the summer, though. Usually, he's laying out of the pool more, so usually he's a bit more tan, so there's like at least a bare standard. I think he won't say anything about this, because I, like, I think I showered it off in time to where I don't look offensively tan, but I'm definitely tan. I feel the tan. You don't look like you're going to any Republican-based events, Ooh. if that's helpful. Okay. That's actually, that's a good sign, because they get a little too tan. Little too tan. Um, have you seen this clip of Trump talking about uh, the Panama Canal? No. It's my favorite thing in the entire what world What is he right talking now. about the Panama Canal for? <laughs> it's like, 35,000 people died from the mosquito. What? And then he starts talking about, he's like, seven wonders of the world should have been nine. What were the other two? I don't know. China, not the country. We're talking about the very strong woman. China, the eighth wonder of the world. The ninth wonder of the world, Mar-a-Lago. Because I buried Ivanka there. I buried Ivana there, not my daughter. On the golf course, she's right there in the bushes. Legally speaking, it's a tax break. I'm going to prison. <laughs> uh, we had some excitement this past week with him <laughs> being in town for a visit. Yeah, come on down to Atlanta. <laughs> Let's get a picture. I do love his weight and height. Oh, incredible. Because I've seen this man, and I've loved all the people. There was a whole trend of people tweeting their height and weight in yeah. comparison. And it's like professional athletes. Yeah, like, you know, like football running back is 6'3 and 215 yeah. and shredded. And then you look at Trump, and he can't even stand up straight because he's sucking it in so hard. That man is 315 pounds. He said, cut 100 off the top. Just cut 100. Uh, yeah, it's fine. He was 6'3 in 1995, and that man has shrunk. The bones have receded because of the Diet Coke consumption. I know where I'm headed. I'm not going to lie about it. When I finally go down to 5'11", I'm going to tell everybody. I'm not six feet anymore. But until then, I'm holding that line. Trump. You're going to jail. I love it. I'm so excited. Someone said we're worried about the campaign trail for Trump. When do we when do we book the uh, the campaign events around the trials? I said I don't think I don't think he gets to run for president anymore. I think we're out. Also, speaking of other contenders, that big old tree fell on Ron DeSantis' house in Tallahassee. Just a hundred year old tree just finally crashed and fell into his house. Seriously? Yeah. And the tree is now it's pulling higher than he was. Uh, people are really excited about that tree. He's done more for the government than uh, DeSantis has. He also went to the vigil speech in Jacksonville after the yeah. shooting. 
and just got booed. Yeah. Can you imagine you're at a vigil and you just hate a guy so much? You're like, we got to boo this guy like it's the fucking Patriots. <laughs> like, we've got to we gotta handle this. We're having too much fun today. This is good. This is a good rapport for us to build for our live show this weekend. Once again, weekendatuffies.com. You'd be getting this episode early. You'd get to see the Australia vlog. Uh, and you'd just be you'd be getting a kiss like this. And plus, questions at the end of the episode, you're not asking questions unless you're on the Patreon. So get with it, get about it, and live your fantasy. We're doing some light adjustments in here. I'm enjoying it. Uh, for those of you that are audio only, and for our, uh, uh, I think they say sight-impaired friends, people with with sight impairment, you don't say blind anymore. You say people with sight impairment. I learned this after listening to an interview this weekend with a guy. For our friends with sight impairment that don't get any of these TikToks, uh, just imagine I'm glowing, my hair's growing out, I'm smiling, my teeth look so good, and we're happy to be here. We're so happy to be here. I went to Australia. I got to Australia, so you skip a day, right? Which means I had the shortest day of all time, Wednesday, August 23rd, because it just disappeared. I didn't exist in it. We took off at 11.30 p.m. Tuesday night. We landed Thursday morning at... 7.45 a.m. Now, the Australian customs, they're kind of a bitch. They're kind of, they're a little bit too full of themselves. The border force, they call them. The border force? The border force. And they're like, you better declare that shit, motherfucker. And they gave me this form that I knew I had to fill out. And I was like, eh, I'm going to, they already have my visa on file for work. I'm going to try to sling, but nope. I had to fill the whole form out again. Got my bags, though. Everything got through. We were fine. I was in line with Joey Janela and Allie and Hijo del Vikingo, uh, Hermano, and we made it through just fine, but the number one wrestling tragedy happened, which is the hotel rooms were not ready. So we got to the first hotel in Sydney, and we had to go kill a little time. So me and Allie did what we do best. We had a big gay brunch. And I got to tell you, Australian coffee, my friend, there's only one problem with it. Which is all the cups are the size of just like a child's cup. I remember this from last time. Yeah. So I've brought this up before. Mm-hmm. So I had to explain to them, like, yes, the exchange rate is beneficial to the American people right now. Okay. An Australian dollar, um, it's worth 60 cents on the American dollar. Not a good exchange rate. Uh, but it, it works well for us because even though the prices look high, they're not that high. You know, I order two coffees every time. And then they think Allie's not going to order anything. And she goes, no, I'm getting something too. And they're like, oh, that's for you? And I was like, yeah, y'all got the dumbest sizes of coffee I've ever seen in my life. Please uh, give me more. Or I would say things like, can I get four shots of espresso in my flat white? And they would say, you mean a strong flat white? And I'd be like, yeah, the strongest flat white. And they say, what size? And I say, the largest size you have. And she's like, you're American. I was like, yeah, I am. Like, I give me a gallon jug of coffee right now. But I also spent uh, the, the first part of this trip eating meat pies. I ate so many meat pies on this trip, Peter. I can't go back. I can't go back to not having meat pies in my life. So whoever out there in America is making proper meat pies. is This, this sound isn't coming up, is it? I'm sorry, I get distracted. Oh, Lucy? Yeah. It, probably a little bit. Okay. Do you want me to stop it? No, I mean, okay. it's fine. As long as it's like, we're fine. I just don't want people to think we're like sawing bones in the background and killing animals. Yeah, Lucy's chewing a bone right now. It's okay. I think it's probably fine. It's more a distraction in my brain than anything, but I think I'll live. I think I'll live with it. So meat pies, Peter, 
They have all types of meat pies. They have breakfast meat pies. But I will say the first thing I ate. <laughs> what was that noise? First thing I ate was a curry beef meat pie at about 8.30 a.m. Australian time. And I've been saying it for a while, but I don't think time exists anymore, Peter. I am outside the line of time. And you get to experience that firsthand this weekend because in Chicago on Big A Brunch Weekend, I am fully outside the line of time. And we're even starting an hour later than usual, which means... I could get a little more sleep, but I got to be honest, all my homies are in town. Everybody's vibing. Uh, I mean, this is this is Marcus Crane, Chicago. We miss Marcus Crane dearly, but in his honor, we always have to make sure we're out as late as possible. Her paws soaked because she was using it to chew the bone. Oh, no. Whittle wet girl. Wet baby. She just looks up at you like the proudest little daughter. What an angel. I love I, her so much. I wish they were our guests this weekend and we could bring I them. Know. But I also can't keep up with a dog during these weekends. No. There's just no way. So the first day in Sydney, we did not have a show, which means we could just like vibe and hang out and see things and eat food. And I was talking to Baz, which is short for Sebastian. He's not in any relation to Baz Lorman. He was offended I even brought that up. I said, are you like Baz Luhrmann? And he said, no. And I said, oh, you hate Moulin Rouge? And he said, no. I said, then you hate the Elvis film? He said, I didn't see it. And I said, then why are you so worried about being compared to the greatest Australian director of campy-ass weird films? And he said, because it's cornball shit. I said, okay, well, that's fine. He said, he doesn't book hotels without a sauna. This was true. I went into the sauna for way too long, Peter. I had been on these flights. I was been feeling it. Allie was like, do you want to go to the gym with me? And I was like, absolutely fucking not. I've been to the gym every day of my fucking life. I just want to sit in this sauna. So I stayed in the sauna before. And then. Okay. I might under, if that was actual, I might understand why she is saying that you're yelling a lot for no reason. I think I'm rude to Allison and I think it's okay. She's rude to me too. We yell at each other. It's fine. We're. Like I said, we're very much like a married couple in that we argue and we don't have sex. (laughs) Uh, So we sat in the sauna before and then she was like, I'm going to go work out. And I said, well, I'm going to stay in the sauna. And then she came out of the gym and she was like, have you just been in here the whole time? And I was like, no one can stop me. (laughs) I don't have anywhere to be. I don't have anything to do. I was in that sauna for an hour and a half. It's not good for you to do it that long. It's not. They say you should do it for like 20 minutes at the most. I was in there for an hour and a half. I went through two buckets of water that I was pouring on the rocks, just steaming out. And then I drank a full mandarin orange juice. Have you ever had fresh squeezed mandarin orange juice? No. I think I tortured myself into dehydration just so I could feel the magic of being filled up with 24 ounces of pure mandarin orange juice, which is just like, it's angel's food. I do want to say this too. America, we have to get our shit together on this food because when I'm in other countries and particularly when I'm in Japan and Australia, I poop so easily. You just, it just, your body can digest this food because it's all real food. There is no secret preservatives. I mean, they even have McDonald's over there and that stuff comes right out. I'm not trying to be disgusting, but there's something wrong with America's food because my regulatory system was 
perfectly lined up the whole trip. Yeah. There was no worry. There was no like backup. There was no build. It was just like, as long as you're eating regular food here, you're going to be great. And I felt light and beautiful. I mean, like I'm, I'm, I'm a big boy right now. Okay. You can't deny it. I eat a lot. And when I'm in America, it just takes up a lot of my time for both ends of that deal. Okay. So to be in a country where I can eat a lot and also it's not taking up the rest of my life, pretty phenomenal stuff, pretty great stuff. Now I already had a charger, you know, cause Australia has different ports. Yeah. So in my backpack, I constantly keep a UK and an Australia charger, which I don't need that often, but have needed multiple times this year for both of those chargers, which is kind of crazy, right? Like that's, I don't know. I guess I should keep them in there, but Allie did not have a charger. So I bought myself a better charger and then I gave Allie the old one. She said, this one charges slow. I said, it was cheap. It was like $8. I bought that expensive one. But that Australian money, like I said, it goes very far. Uh, we were supposed to get dinner with the tour promoter the first night. And instead, I fell asleep for a while after watching No Country for Old Men. And then I completed The Impossible, which I ate one of my favorite foods of all time. The, last time, the first time I was in Australia... I went to a dumpling place with my good friend Robert, who was living there, and he said, the dumplings are amazing, but you have to try the braised eggplant. And then I said, oh my God, this might be the best food I've ever had. They like braise it and slightly dry it out, and it's like, I'm eggplant. Like, what the, f that Crazy. doesn't sound good. No, it is insane. The braised eggplant is insane. It's magic. It has bite. It has softness. It has flavor. It has texture. It's one of the best foods I've ever eaten in my whole life. So I got a big old plate of eggplant and a big old plate of dumplings. And I ate all of that. And then me and Joey Janela went to fucking bed. There are views from this hotel that we say that. It is beautiful. This beautiful ass hotel. Now the next day, Allie woke up. And this is where we had another little disagreement. Okay. Because she said, I'm going to go get breakfast on my own. And I'm going to the gym and I'm doing all this. Well, I wake up later than her. And Gringo Loco was like, Hey, man, like, we're going to go get Starbucks with Brett. And Brett was paying for the Uber. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to go do that. So then after that, Brett was like, we should go exploring. Well, Brett's paying for the Uber. I'm going to let you pay for the Uber so we can go exploring. So we end up over at the Sydney Opera House, which, I mean, pretty famous tourist landmark. And then I finally get service back because my rule is I'm not going to have overseas service. All right. AJ knows where I am. You know where I am. My parents, I think, they don't think I'm dead anymore. There were some questions they had. Uh, I don't give a fuck if you can contact me while I'm in Australia. So if there's Wi-Fi, cool beans. If there's not, sorry, pal, I don't care. Uh, she finally got a hold of me and she's like, where'd y'all go? And I was like, oh, Brett took us to the opera house. She's like, you just left me? I was like, not exactly. I went to Starbucks with them and then they continued the journey of which I was a part of. You said you had plans. So we worked it out. We got over it. Then Brett was like, after we, well, so we go to the Sydney Opera House and they are doing a performance at the Sydney Opera House of Miss Saigon. Like, it's the touring show that is there right now. A very famous play. Uh, but they're on the steps of the Opera House trying to film, I guess, a music video with footage of the Opera House behind it. Because it was kind of played to a track. And they have all these women in traditional dress of, of the Miss Saigon show. And they're performing this act. And I'm only bringing this up to point out... Whoever's directing this Miss Saigon show is a fucking prick because he was commanding the set, but they're out in public and he's visible 
and he's being very rude to these women and they don't seem to be happy with all of it. And he keeps making them redo the stuff and the speaker isn't working well. And he's yelling a lot and he's running up and down the stairs and he's making them retake their places and do everything five times. Whoever this director is of Miss Saigon is a fucking dick. And I'm sorry to the women that have to deal with him. And I just want to say there's a seal uh, that I think is named Terry that lives in the harbor there. And if you push him over the railing, I think Terry would take care of it for you. Y'all already know the show. Don't listen to this man. Don't let a man yell at you in front of people at the Sydney Opera House in public. I filmed him. He's in the vlog. You can see how dick he is being. Damn. Because I said, this is unacceptable. That he's yelling at these women in public in Australia on the Opera House steps where all the tourists are. This is very rude behavior. And it's very demeaning to the people who are putting on the beautiful Miss Saigon play. So I got footage of that. So y'all should go check that out. Now, secondary... The Southern Hemisphere is very weird, Peter, because right now is summer for us, was winter for them. But we fucked the earth up. I don't know if you remember that. Humans, we fucked it up. Yeah. So it's not that cold. I don't know how cold it would really get anyway, uh, but it is not that cold. So I got to wear like a light jacket and I felt very good about it. But I did not dress for the occasion because I did not know the plan. Or if there was a plan, it was not discussed with me because Brett decided we were all going to go to a national park to go hiking. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, let's go. So me, Gringo, Ref Scarlet, and Hijo del Vikingo all go to the national park to go hiking. Now, this is the most stressful part of my whole trip. I don't mind hiking. I like walking. There's nature. We're walking along a beach. But there are cliffs, Peter. There are large cliffs, and I don't know if you know this about Lucha guys. They're fucking risk takers, and so they decide they're going to hop the barrier, and they're going to go walk along the edge of the cliffs to get cool pictures, and at one point, El Hijo del Vikingo plays a prank on us and jumps from off the cliff onto another part of the cliff without any warning as a gag. I was sick to my stomach. And then we kept going up higher and higher, and they kept taking more risks and walking to the edge and stuff. And I was like, no way, man. And they were like, God, you're being a baby. Come out here on the cliffs. And I was like, you don't get a do-over with the cliffs. You know, y'all are getting all on the edge of the cliffs, taking cool pictures. That's great. Good for you. I don't trust no fucking rocks. I don't trust a rock on the side of a ocean with waves coming up on it. You crazy motherfuckers. And then I'm telling Brett, I go, Brett, you're going to have to explain to AAA why you lost their grand champion because he was trying to hang out on the cliffs. And he's like, he'll be fine. And I was like, and if he's not, you have to explain that to AAA, the largest Mexican wrestling company in the world, why you lost their champion in Australia as he's just on a foreign tour with you. Uh, yeah, very stressful stuff. We go back just in time for us to get to the first show at the roundhouse thing i don't know the venue was fine uh the match was fine we fought uh nikki and freddie ppk and i did make the joke i like ppk which is stupid you just looked at me with the stupidest look i don't know it was very fun and it's also wild to be back the in dad australia jokes are so strong with you sometimes i i have daddy on the ass of my trunks it is not because it's a sexual thing anymore i'm literally a dad i don't want to own any children i have no desire but i want to like be a gunkle. That's my goal. 
Just like, let me take your kid go-karting for a few hours, give him Mountain Dew and ice cream, and then give him back when I'm sick of it. That's all I want. Yeah. I just want to like, you want to go do go-karts and mini golf? And they're like, yeah. And then I fill them with sugar and I send them home to you. That's the maximum dad I want in my life. I'm old enough to know. Everybody tells you you'll change your mind, you know? But I'm a dad in that I tell terrible jokes and I want to make sure everybody's safe and having fun. But I'm not a dad in the sense that I want to have ownership of other humans in any way. People are like, but what about like, don't you want to continue your legacy? I don't. I'm good. I feel like I look at the the previous legacy and I look at now and I go, there's no way this is going to go well. Like it's just the, the genetics are going to keep being mixed with the hormones in the chicken and I'm going to have a psycho baby and I can't do it. I can't keep up with that baby. My parents, I don't know how they're alive after dealing with me. I was crazy. My dad told me, he said, I don't know how you're alive. And I thought he was joking. And then I started really thinking about it. I don't know how I'm alive. You know, I started telling people uh, back at, you know, you remember Four Loco? Yeah. When they took the caffeine out, I was so angry. We would put 60 milligram Vivances in the Four Locos. And uh, that's amongst other things. I was so good at drinking, I could never do it again. Well, stimulants tend to make everyone better at drinking. Yeah, I was very good. I used to shotgun a Four Loco before I went out. Like that was the, like the pregame challenge. That yeah. just makes my liver hurt. Yeah, so dad wasn't wrong, uh, and I don't think I could handle it. Do you? Okay, there's a theory that every time you get close to death, you actually died, but your like main A consciousness jumps to another timeline where you survived. The idea being that there are a bunch of little Taylor corpses littered throughout reality that didn't just quite make dimensionally it. branched and off. so every time so you, you may think that you almost died but you did in fact die all of those times my first night of college that i remember uh, a part of i went to a party and i woke up in a field without my pants on and i had to go back to my dorm uh, without anything i owned in just a pair of boxer briefs while there were tours going on on the campus, just like hammered walking across the campus, and it didn't get better from there. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. We can get into it one day. Maybe I'll write a book if books are still a thing. Uh, but, yeah, I think that I think you might be right. I think there's a few of me out there that are just decaying with the worms, man. There have to be. It got out of control for a while. Uh, we're in control now. We're good. We're in control. And we're in Australia, so what a time to be alive. Uh, I've never drank in Australia. Isn't that great? I'm 10 years off the booze. Over 10 years now. Damn. Crazy. It's crazy how old I am, but how young I am. Like I feel very young. Like, I feel like I'm just getting my life started, yeah. and I feel good as a person. But also, like I've lived through some shit. I've seen some things. I've checked the boxes. As I've said, I've, I'm done making my scrapbook. If you're not paying me, I don't need any more memories. All right, so the first show was incredible. It's crazy going back to Australia, and people are like, oh, is it your first time here? And you're like, no, it's my third time here, which is nuts. And then having fans come back and be like, we're so glad you're back in Australia, and they know you and recognize that you. Rules. It's insane. And it continues the trend of Brett looking at me after shows and going, you're just fucking over everywhere. And I'm like, yeah, I am. He's like, anywhere we go, you're like already over. You don't even have to earn it. And I was like, I've been earning it for a while. I know what I'm doing. And it's also beautiful to like have a trust in myself now where I'm talking to wrestlers I've never worked with before. And I'm not 
calling a match that they would normally have is how I'll put it. And I just go, you got to trust me. And in every case, it works out really well. And people really enjoy the match, even though it's definitely not what they would have put together with someone else. And there's magic to being like, I know this is going to sound crazy, but it's going to work perfectly. Now, we did not have long in Sydney because we had a 8 a.m. bus call to get to the airport. I do want to say domestic travel in Australia, incredible. They don't even look at your passport because the theory is, why would you be here if you're not supposed to be here? Why would you know a person who has a ticket on this plane? Yeah. Why would you show up at the airport and ask for their ticket if you're not supposed to be here? But I was also told by some Australians, you're like, yeah, sometimes you just use other people's tickets. It doesn't matter. You also can bring liquids through the security up to 100 milliliters. So you can like bring a Coca-Cola through the security line. <laughs> you don't take your shoes off. They don't really care. They don't seem to care about anything. Uh, but we got through the airport very easily. Now, they all did a group check-in, and I had already cut along and checked in on my own. They are like, are you a part of a group? And I was like, I'm not waiting in line with the group. Took them forever. I got through security. We headed to Melbourne. 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 Now, you're not supposed to call it Melbourne. <laughs> Melbourne's in Florida. Melbourne's in Australia. I kept telling people, they were like, what do you think of Australia? And they didn't really have the reference that I was going for, which was, it's Florida without meth. You know, it's like, it's all the things you like about Florida. Like everybody has sun-swept hair and uh, beautiful tan skin and there's coastlines and cool food and tourist attractions and just not anyone on meth, which like, that's the problem in Florida. Republicans and people on meth, and there's a lot of crossover. That's the problem with Florida and Australia doesn't have that problem. So it's just wonderful. Everyone's kind. And the Australian lady on the plane, now I kind of knew what I was doing. Here's another dad joke. They say, how are you going? They don't say, how are you doing? They say, how are you going? And I said, by plane. <laughs> and she goes, what? I said, I'm going there by plane. She goes, no, it means like, how are you doing? Like, how is it? I was like, I know, I'm being an idiot. I'm sorry. I'm a little dad jokes. Ooh, how are you going? By plane. Ooh. Yeah, I'm dumb. I can't help it. Uh, <laughs> Melbourne was fucking cold. And I was so glad oh, I brought shit. jackets. Uh, like beautiful. how cold are we talking? Oh, like a like like fifty eight. Okay. Now I don't know what that is in Celsius. Maybe it's like fifteen in Celsius or something. That sounds about right. It's probably fifteen. What are you doing? What did you? Are you a trash mom? Bebop has gotten into the trash while we weren't looking. Bebop. Bebop. We don't do that. We don't do that. Lay down. Our two guest hosts add a lot to the. To the recording process. Yeah, yes they do. They really are a fun a fun crew. We will miss them this weekend. We we will Whoa. miss them, but I'm going to tell you this. It's going to be nice for you to have a little break. You get to see her right when you get home Monday. Yeah. But you'll be like, you know what? I'm I'm ready to get out for a little bit. It's been yeah, a very stressful past couple of weeks. Yeah, and it's going to be a very fun couple of days of joy, and you're going to keep me sane. And I'm not going to yell. I'm only going to yell a little bit. We'll see about the last one. I'm going to, Trevor Outlaw said, uh, I'll, I'll know you're losing it when you start yelling at Pero. He goes, that's usually the, that's usually the moment I can tell you're losing it. There's something, Pero will say something and you just start yelling. And I go, really? And he goes, it's happened every year in Chicago. It's so funny. <laughs> so the feud continues, Pero. I'm going to yell at you. I remember bringing in McDonald's at one of them when I didn't have the brunch prepared. Shout out Megan, who got married last weekend and is doing the brunch for us this weekend. Uh, 
before I had Megan on board, the first brunch in Chicago, I was coming in with McDonald's and he started asking me something. I go, ask anyone else, Paro, anyone else. And that was the start of something beautiful, which is me yelling at Paro in Chicago. Um, so Melvin, we land and they said, do you guys want to go to the zoo? And I said, oh yeah, I want to go to the zoo. And what's odd is if I had purchased a season pass for the zoo, I would have made my money back because I went to the Melbourne Zoo twice this year. Isn't that crazy? That's wild. Now, the first time I went with Blake Christian, and he finally admitted I was walking too fast for his taste, although he w- he had too much pride to admit that at the time. But this time, we went with quite the crew. Now, we got there. They dropped us off in a bus, and we got to meet um, Allie and her husband, not Allie Catch, a different Allie, an Australian wrestler Allie, who snuck us in, and he said, you have to pretend to be Australian. That's the only people I'm supposed to let into the zoo under my employee card. So I said, I'll just shut the fuck up. And then it was uh, a wild group of me, Allison Catch, my tag partner for Bussy, obviously, Charlie Evans, Chivs, uh, Rev Scarlet, and I convinced at the last second, I said, Vikingo, you got to come to the zoo with us. Vikingo, Joey Janella. Now, also in the bus with us was Maki Ito, and I brought this up on the mini-sode. This is my favorite Maki Ito quote from the weekend. I love Maki because she doesn't do anything she doesn't want to do. She is the cutest in the world. And she said, uh, I said, Maki, do you want to go to the zoo with us? And she looked at me and she goes, mm, maybe hotel. And I said, huh. And the guy said, "What? do I need to take her to the hotel? I said, yeah, you do. You need to take her to the hotel. And she said, I said, really? No zoo? And she said, no. <laughs> and she just went off to the hotel to take a nap. And I fucking, I, I feel it. I feel it with Maki Ito when she says, maybe hotel. And even in Sydney, we all went and did all the touristy shit. And Allie ended up going to the opera house on her own because we forgot her. And I said, Maki, what did you do? And she said, I got my nails done. <laughs> she just went up to the nail salon and got her nails done. And I said, you know what? That's a woman who is going to do what she wants to do and is going to be the cutest in the world and is damn good at all of it. So shout out Maki Ito for being wonderful and for trusting her gut and doing what she wants to do when she's in Australia because that's beautiful. Now the Melbourne Zoo, though, so fucking sick. One of the sickest zoos in the world. They have all the Australian creatures. Now, we did see the big baboon cock, which like the baboons, there's like a lot of baboons. There's like 10 baboons, but there's the king baboon. You remember, you've seen the Lion King, right? You're from Africa. I lived it. Yeah. So you've seen a baboon before? Yeah. You got a big old ass? Yeah. They also got a big old cock, because that thing was swaying, baby. You no, know, I don't remember that. I wonder Not why. in the Lion King. He wasn't showing, Rafiki was not showing his cock in the Lion King. You know what Rafiki means? What? Friend. Aw, that's so sweet. Aw, he is a friend. This monkey was not a friend. He was showing us his big old cock. And all the other monkeys were following him around. It was incredible. We got to see kangaroos. We did also see some kangaroos fucking. I'm glad they figured this out. Uh, we got to see wombats. Now, fun fact about wombats. Two fun facts, actually. Wombats have a fatty rump. So that if they want to hide from predators, they go in the hole and stick their ass out. And the predators can't get through their fatty rump. That rules. Now, second wombat fact, also about their butt. They poop in cubes. Their buttholes have evolved to poop out cube-shaped poop. Like, it's six-sided like a die. You're talking about, I don't understand what kind of butthole makes cube poop. I don't That's understand how wild. it works. But it comes out in literal cubes. Wombat. We also saw koala bear. You're not allowed to hold the koalas because they'll give you chlamydia. 
which sounds like a great excuse to give your wife when you come home from Australia and you have chlamydia. And she's like, how did you get chlamydia? And I held like, a koala. I held a koala. They all have chlamydia. Uh, they're beautiful. They're majestic. They're also fucking slow. And apparently they're really stupid. Mm. And the eucalyptus like poisons them, but it's the only thing they'll eat. So sometimes they just fall out of the tree. It's why they call them drop bears, because they'll just fall out of the tree on you and hurt themselves. So very dumb creature, but they seem revered all over Australia. So we love them. We celebrate them. Uh what else did we see? We saw a lot of animals. We saw lemurs. They've got the coolest lemur exhibit. We talked about this last time. You just walk in and the lemurs are not in a cage. They're just going around. We went in at feeding time. Joey was loving the lemurs. That was wild. Uh, we also got to see the Tasmanian devil. Ooh. That thing is so cute and it's so squatty. It's a little squatty guy. And he runs like, it's like they run like they don't have knees. So they just kind of like hobble wobble. And we saw two of them hissing at each other, which is fantastic. And we also saw the snow leopard again, which they're always like, you may not see the snow leopard. We saw the snow leopard again. And I got to give uh, some new kangaroo socks to the lovely AJ because Aww. the last time I went, I got him kangaroo socks and now I got him new kangaroo socks. I also got him a koozie, but we'll get to that. So the show in Melbourne was the highest drawing show of the weekend, which is pretty crazy. Uh, we did it at the Melbourne Pavilion. And before that, I kept making poor dietary decisions on this trip. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean, I ate an entire shepherd's pie before I wrestled, which doesn't seem. She knows you're leaving and she's not happy about it. <laughs> I hope these noises come through. This is phenomenal. Lucy, what's wrong, baby? You're making noises like a little grandpa. Oh, I'm Lucy. I talk like this. Oh. She is fully a baby. She is fully babied up on you. So I eat an entire shepherd's pie before I wrestle. Not wise. But here's how I bring this up. I paid in cash at the restaurant. Australian cash. And she had started putting it in the card machine. And I said, oh, I'm paying cash. So I paid her. And then I went outside to vape because that's what I'm doing with my life. And then they tried to tell Ref Scarlet that I didn't pay her. My card was declined. And then she paid for it again. And I said, no, I paid in cash. And I showed her. And then we had already left the restaurant. So we reported the whole thing on her card because don't fuck with us, you fucking pub. Stupid idiot. So I hope it got reversed and no charges were made. Because we paid for that shepherd's pie twice. It wasn't that good. It's pretty good. It wasn't that good to pay for it twice. Either way, we did not... Um, come here. It did not hold up the energy of the show. Now, the Melbourne fans were crazy. Lined up all night. Vibed. Buying so much merch. God bless you all. What a movement. What a time. We love you. But we have to talk about this match specifically. Now, sometimes I don't know how far these boys are willing to go. Okay? And... God bless Lockie Hendricks. I'm a big Lockie Hendricks guy now. Is this the guy with the video? Yes. Okay, I love this guy. Well, I do too, for many different reasons. Now, AJ, if you're listening to this, just know it's professional only, okay? So we get to a point where we're hitting each other in the face. <laughs> he told me he listens to the podcast, but he turns his phone over and turns the volume down just so we get... Uh, a play? Listen, so yeah. he adds a play yeah. to it? 
Yeah, that's always really <laughs> sweet of you, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, if you want to know what I'm doing, AJ, I'm out here in Melbourne making out with boys. That's what I'm doing, professionally speaking. So we have this match, and we fight each other. And then all of a sudden, I think he's about to hit me, and he kisses me very passionately. And someone had set up a music cue for Seal's Kiss from a Rose, right at the part where he goes, Baby! I can tell you from a kid from a roll. Now we start, Peter, we start going at it. Okay. Once again, I never know with these guys, like, are they willing to go all the way in on this? Or are they just like want a little peck or like they want to cover it with their thumb? He was tongue first. Okay. There was tongue in my mouth. There was tongue on tongue. He was, we were feeling up. It was like feeling up the body's vibe. And then I was holding him gently against my body and then he kicked me in the dick, Peter. <gasps> kicked me fully in the dick. It was very rude of him. Uh, thank God he gave me a flatliner next because it flatlined everything back down. Because I was feeling it. This He's just a young Australian hunk, tight-bodied Australian boy, just giving me full-tongue kisses. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what was happening. And then the next thing you know... Kicks me in the dick, goes for a win. What happens in the end? Still victorious because I have a pretty powerful cock. And even if you kick it once, I'm kind of into it. You know, like I'm not, I'm not scared of a little nut torture, you know, when it comes to uh, lovemaking. <laughs> Is that too much? Is that too much information Maybe. for the podcast? Maybe we cut that line for the Patreon and just save it for them. Um, yeah. Wait, I think when I, we say CBT, we mean cognitive behavioral therapy, not. Cock and ball torture. <laughs> uh, afterwards, someone came up to Lockie Hendricks and said, what is Mrs. Hendricks going to think about this? Which I thought they were saying, like, what is his wife going to think about this? And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, hey, bud, I didn't know. Like, you have a wife? He was like, Mrs. Hendricks is my mom. And I was like, oh. That's so So funny. you don't have a wife. <laughs> All right. Well, good to know. Uh very fun time with Lockie Hendricks. People enjoyed it. Sometimes you're also like, I'm in a new place. Like, do we go all the way with this? Like, is it too much? But really, they loved it. They were fully vibing it. They were fully on board with our gay fantasy adventure. We had a very fun match. Uh, I caught his moonsault. I also, he put me in the chicken wing and I climbed up to the top and I jumped on him. And I thought I killed him. I really, oh, I thought shit. I killed him. And he was like, oh. and rough Scarlet goes, he's still breathing. Like that was the, that's the baseline measure. He's still breathing. I said, all right, well, I'll just give him a second here. Uh, but yeah, that was, uh, God, they know how to, they know how to fucking put tongues in there. All right. I'm going to stop talking about it. I'm getting, Lockie Hendricks. My God. So Melbourne show. Great time. Finish up, head to the hotel. Uh, me and Rough Scarlet share a room and ordered a pizza. It was phenomenal. Um, went to bed. Had the earliest call time of all because we had to fly to Brisbane. Brisbane. Now, Brisbane's a city in Australia I've never been to. I've been to Adelaide. Been to Melbourne. Been to Sydney. Never been to Brisbane. Brisbane is on the Gold Coast, and the weather was perfect. Now, we stayed at a hotel that's attached to the venue that we were wrestling in. And the story is that... They built the venue and the nightclub that is there first. And then the guy who owns it kept coming and flying his helicopter in and he wouldn't have anywhere to stay. So he just also built a hotel. What? That's the craziest. Either way, very cool venue. Very nice. We checked into the hotel. Me and Joey took a nap and then we went over to the show. 
had a wonderful triple threat match with uh, ex-con Cockroach, who kept trying to stick a fork in me. I ended up putting that fork in his mouth after he had it up his ass, which is tradition. And Bobby Bishop, who is wonderful and thick and kept punching me in the face. Uh, Maki Ito and Ali also had a fantastic match on that show. Every night, though, was headlined by Hijo Del Vikingo. And holy fuck, he does not ever phone it in at all, ever. And he's facing people he's never faced before. He's in brand new matches. Now, the first night was him and Gringo Loco, and it was in fucking sane. And Gringo actually bit Hijo Del Vikingo's nipple in that match. And I said, hey, bro, leave me something. And he was like, I don't know, man. I was just feeling it out there. And it got super over. It was phenomenal. Those two beat the fuck out of each other. The second night, he was against uh, Iman Asman who is a uh, like a South Asian. I think he might be Cambodian. I'm not 100% sure. But that match was crazy. Just two cruiserweights going all the way at it. And then Sunday, he fought Mitch Ryder. And Mitch Ryder will come into play here in a moment. Uh, the Brisbane show was fantastic, though. We ended the tour there. Now, the next day, Allie and uh, Brett and Joey flew out at noon. But me and Scarlett and Hio Vikingo and Gringo Loco, we didn't have to fly out until... 9.30 that night. Now, in the tradition of the trip, Maki Ito did not join us on our next day's adventure because she was not into it. I kept telling her roller coasters, and she goes, I don't know what this means. And then I said, theme park. And she goes, no. And she did not come on that journey. So we wake up and have breakfast first, but they're going to take us to what is called Movie World, which is the Warner Brothers theme park uh, that is in Brisbane, Australia. Okay. So... It also is home to the only hypercoaster in the Southern Hemisphere. What's this place called? It is called Movie World in Brisbane. Before then, though, me and Gringo got breakfast. We had a full traditional Australian breakfast, which is a lot like a full English breakfast, but without beans and black pudding. It has about everything else you'd want. And I just got to say, Australians know how to breakfast. I, they're good at everything else. They're great at meat pies, but they do not fuck around when it comes to breakfast. And that's why they will always be close to my heart. Brekkie. What are we having for brekkie? I love it. I'm a brekkie obsessed person. Now we did order, uh, what was called American style pancakes. So it's just a lot of pancakes. Well, it's even more than that because this was a stack of three pancakes with a scoop of ice cream on top, berries around it. And (laughs) And then two big heaping piles of cotton candy. What? Yeah, so the pancakes are served with ice cream, berries, and cotton candy, American style. They think, I mean, we are disgusting, but they think we're disgusting, don't they? They know we're disgusting. They're like, don't you like it, you little filthy pig? Don't you want to have a little cotton candy with your fucking uh, cake for breakfast? You want cake and ice cream and cotton candy for breakfast? Have it then, you fuck. So we did have it. I ate every bit of that. And I want to tell everyone, cotton candy does not go with pancakes. As yeah, much I as I had hoped it would. I didn't think so. Not good. Uh, but I ate every bite of it because I'm a sick fucking freak. Cotton candy barely goes with cotton candy. This is true. Uh, it's not I don't, It's not a real food. It's just spun sugar. Yeah. But they were into it. They showed it off. Then we had to go to Movie World. We should do drug education with cotton candy for children. Yeah. Because the, eating cotton candy is the same as like any bad drug addiction, you know. You get about halfway through and you go, why am I doing this? There's a guy in Vegas that always brings THC-laced cotton candy to the shows. So I think you're onto something. Okay. 
It's like 300 milligrams per little bucket of I'm cotton candy. Hop in a time machine, go talk to Tipper Gore and get this uh, dare program going yeah. again. <laughs> Can we just, is it just an anti cotton candy measure? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, we went to Movie World and we had so much time. Now, this park doesn't have that many rides, mm-hmm. but the rides it does have are super sick. Uh, Caveman Ugg, Renegade, Mitch Ryder, uh, one of their lovely girlfriends. They all took me, Gringo, Heel, Delva Kingo, and Scarlet to Movie World. First, we rode Superman the Ride, which is one of those rides where you like, Superman's pushing the back of the ride. So like you get out of a secret subway and then he shoots you off and he pushes you. We were like, that is a sick coaster. And then is it like the one here where you're out? No, you're just seated, seated in it, seated in it, seated, seated, seated. See, you're just seated, but it's like a giant Superman on the back is like pushing the ride. Mm -hmm. It goes very fast, very intense, Uh, quick ride, but very fun. And then we wandered over to Western world after getting some tacos and we rode what I referred to as a less racist Splash Mountain. And this was like an American-style Wild West ride with a Splash Mountain finish. And you know in Splash Mountain, there's like smaller drops before you get to the big drop? This had that too, but it was backwards. And then you get to the top, and the top's forwards, but part of this ride is fully fucking backwards. It was very concerning. We also got to go through a native camp and a ghost town. And one of the dads on the uh, log I was on said, I'd live here. Everybody'd leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> and I thought that was the most dad at a theme park response of all time. <laughs> Very fun ride. We all enjoyed it. And then the hypercoaster opened. Now, they did have a Scooby-Doo roller coaster that's indoor themed around the Scooby-Doo 2 movie from 2005. It has not been updated. It is not running currently. But there's a big picture of Freddie Prince Jr. on the side of it from before he was a wrestling promoter. And I just want to say, maybe go back to that. Maybe you don't need to make a wrestling promotion. I was actually looking through um, Matthew Lillard's IMDb the other day, and he is just making all his money off of Scooby-Doo still. Good. He put out two Scooby-Doo movies this year. This year? This year. He's still voicing Shaggy? Mm -hmm. They're animated? Yep. That's fantastic. Yep. Good for you, Matthew Lillard. We loved you in 13 Ghosts. We loved you in SLC Punk. We loved you in, uh, what else is he in? Shit. I think that's it. All right. Well, you're great. Matthew Lillard, shout out. Great performance of Shaggy. Oh, Scream. Scream. Oh, yeah. With uh, Courtney Cox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's great. We love Courtney Cox. She can't move her face much anymore, but that's not her fault. That's uh, She wasn't warned of the side effects. You know? I was warned of the side effects. I've gotten Botox twice. It all fell out within weeks of each other because I get hit in the head so much that this is not staying paralyzed. I'm just going to have to live with it. I'm going to have to be a wrinkly man. I'm going to have to just own my age. And between losing my earrings twice because of wrestling and losing my Botox twice because of wrestling, there's a lot of things that I have restricted from my life, and I appreciate all your concerns because I'll never be the man I wanted to be, which is a weird, smooth-faced creature with earrings. All right? That's who I really want to be but I can't do it. It's impossible. And that's how much I love the game. So you just want to be Howie Mandel. Oh yeah. But I like touching dirty shit. Like I'm not, I don't have that OCD that he has where he's like, I don't want to touch people. I think I'm getting that as I get older. I think I'm losing it even more. Like I I think I'm a filthy, disgusting cockroach person. Like you said, 
I'm not. Listen. It doesn't shame me. It's not, I'm not shamed by it. Uh, no, I I I can't. I have to wash my hands after I eat anything. I think that's fine. I can't have any food residue, whatever. Like people, um, people that drive and eat, I don't understand it. Okay, well, I do. It's great. It's very convenient. Um, second, I just want you to know I had to wipe my thighs because I was wearing booty shorts when I was eating the pancakes, and I got syrup and ice cream all over my legs, which is just the filthiest. I can't even believe I'm telling this people sounds this. sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, well, okay, it's kind of my nightmare. Just sticky-leg boy over here covered in syrup. Just can't keep it on his plate because he's slop-eating pancakes like he's not going to have another meal today. Although he had three, <laughs> it is. We were talking about it earlier, but the it is funny that you are everyone's dad, and yet you are still the <laughs> the sticky little boy. <laughs> I'm a child, forever a child. Just no spatial awareness, tripping over everything. It's incredible that I'm a professional wrestler because I have the coordination of a toddler. I will fall down the stairs so quickly. Sometimes I see clips of you doing stuff, and I go. I forget that he's like really athletic. I think I like fought it enough to become athletic, but I think like, like my dad still makes fun of me because when I was 14, I fell down the stairs and I was holding a chicken wing and I didn't drop the chicken wing. And he was like, of course you didn't drop the chicken falling down the stairs. I'm like in severe pain, but I still had the chicken wing. He's like, come on. You were, you were destined for this though. I, I was destined for <laughs> That's this. so I'm funny. A, yeah. It's uh. <laughs> Between liking wrestling and watching too much Jackass as a teenager, I was eventually going to be a crash test dummy. Um, sorry, we're getting so off topic here. I don't care. What's topic? I was reading an interview with John Wilson today. Yeah. And he was talking. He was, he was like, well, Jackass was only three seasons. Why should my show go on any longer? That's incredible. I have the Jackass box set somewhere. It is remarkable when you go back to that show and you go, there's like 15 of these? Yeah. There's not that many. There's not as many as you'd think. They've honestly, the movie footage is probably longer than the yeah, total of the yeah. like 30-minute MTV series. Uh, Steve-O adopted a street dog. Oh, yeah. I saw that from like South America oh or something. Oh, my God. We love Steve-O. We love Steve-O in this house. He I still just, does stage shows. I like love insane. that he's doing so well. And yeah. It makes me so happy to hear. And like, he's got those new teeth. The new teeth look so good. I mean, you want to talk about, like, supposed to not have made it. Yeah, when they stapled his butt cheeks together, I thought, this guy's going to Kurt Cobain now. Yeah, yeah. No chance. He came back even stronger. Seeing Johnny Knoxville with, uh, like, silver fox hair mm-hmm. just warms my heart. Yeah. Because that man shouldn't be alive. That mm-hmm. man's been concussed more than me. He came out, and he was like, none of my shit works. Like, I can't shit properly. I can't <laughs> fuck properly. Nothing works. We honor your sacrifice. Thank you for what you've done for our community. And hopefully one day I'll be just like you, <laughs> Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> I can't wait for this one. So excited. Uh <laughs> Decisive was the word we were thinking of. Decisive. <laughs> uh, movie world was lit, so we rode the hyper coaster next. Now, so what's hyper about it? So, a hyper coaster. I actually want to look up the specific definition because it's a very particular thing. I need Defunct Land to do an episode on this place because that's how I experience. Because I don't. I love roller coaster theme park culture. Yeah, I do not care for roller coasters though. I can't. I'm addicted to. I've never, I've never gone on Splash Mountain because at the time that I would have been going to Disney to do that, 
I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I'm trying to see where this one sits. It is the only hypercoaster in the southern hemisphere. Um, okay, so this is a this is one that is referred to as a I'm trying to get the words right here. Okay, a hypercoaster is either any continuous circuit roller coaster with a height or drop measuring greater than 200 feet. Uh, sorry, I have to donate to no, Wikipedia here. Yeah, donate to them. Or any complete circuit roller coaster with a height drop between 200 and 300 feet. Yeah, so this hypercoaster is called the DC Rivals Hypercoaster at Warner Brothers Movie World, Gold Coast, Queensland, Australia. It is the longest, fastest, and tallest hypercoaster in the Southern Hemisphere. And it is uh, it goes to a height of 202 feet. Maximum speed of 71.5 miles an hour and has a total track length of 1.4 kilometers. And this thing is incredible. It shoots you up to the top super fast, like not like super speed fast, but like faster than you're like ready for. Yeah. And then it just keeps going. This track is insane. They kept telling me to lift my arms. You can see in the vlog footage if you're on the Patreon I don't lift my arms and I look frightened and everything, but I love it. There's something about being able to take that great of a wild risk and that much like, like it gets your blood pumping, but knowing that like there's no risk of fully dying, like skydiving, I'm sure would give me a similar feeling, but there's too much of a risk of Peggy Hill and myself yeah. on a skydive. Yeah. There's, there's like, Oh yeah, we did a hundred di- We've done a hundred dives. It's all fine. And then the hundred and first dive is like splat. Yeah. With this, it's like I watched 31 trains come into the station while I was in line. I think we're okay. Now, while we were waiting in line, they have giant bearded dragons that just live on the property and they're just hanging out in the bushes on the line ride. So there's a beautiful picture of Hiho Delvikingo with a bearded dragon. And he kept rubbing our legs with sticks so that we'd think it was the dragons. He's a little prankster. I love it. Uh, he also bought a full kangaroo skin at the airport as well as the uh, cajones of a kangaroo. As a bottle opener. Okay. He's awesome. Uh, his cape that he comes out with is made of 60 fox pelts. Holy shit. It's insane. It's like longer than a wedding dress. Like this man showed up in Australia with 60 feet of fox pelts. and was just like, yeah, it's for my outfit. Uh, we rode the hypercoaster all together. It was insane. Gringo and Vikingo rode very up front. Me and Caveman Ugg rode like second row. And just hearing the yelps from Vikingo and Gringo was incredible. Just like one of the best parts of the whole thing. So we survived the hypercoaster. It was awesome. Warner Brothers Movie World, what a place. They had a La La Land themed parade that went on. What? I don't know. I don't. They were doing a song and dance as the people from La La Land. And then we also saw Superman, who was padded for the gods. One of the biggest asses I've ever seen on a man. Holy shit. It was a fake ass, I think, but yeah. also, like, good attention. Like, I think Superman would be a power bottom, you know? Yeah. On our planet, uh, your bottom is the m- most pleasurable part. Don't put any kryptonite in my hole. I won't survive it. You know? Like, I can't... Like, I imagine he's like, on our planet, we have very tiny cocks. Because if you get hit with something your tiny cock will be protected. Like, I just think Superman's like just kind of a tiny cocked power bottom. I don't have any other facts to go on other than his bulge is usually pretty minute. Yeah. And he usually has a big old fat ass. Yeah. And plus like 
what you notice about a lot of guys who get that much muscle and power in their lives, they got to be submissive to something. So I think I think Lois Lane is pegging him with kryptonite. Well, not with kryptonite because it makes him sad, makes him cry. But maybe that's the only way to like penetrate his steel hole. Maybe like a little bit of kryptonite. Yeah, maybe like maybe like just kryptonite a kryptonite plated. lube. Yeah, there you go. Like a lubricant with kryptonite just so he can feel weakness for a little bit. James Gunn, we got all the Superman ideas. Yeah, Hit this is going to be the best Superman ever. Superman getting full pegged by Lois Lane with kryptonite lube, glowing in the dark. All you have to show is the glowing peg dildo, and you don't have to see yeah, everything. Yeah, like Austin Power style Yeah, with the tent. You ever think when he's faster than the speeding train that he stops in front of it just to see if it can get in there? That's a little too far, isn't it? People are going to stop listening to our podcast yeah. if I keep talking about Superman bottoming. All right. Well, shout out to all the bottoms. We know the work you put into this is never underappreciated. Uh, we got home from Australia at 6 a.m. And I want you to know, I landed 5.15 at the Atlanta airport, got my baggage. I rode the fucking Marta. I could have easily gotten in that Uber. I rode the Marta and I hauled my bags up the fucking street for 0.6 miles. And then I got into bed and watched Frost Nixon and fell asleep. I took a shower when I got back. I don't know if you've ever been on a plane for uh, 15 plus four and a half hours. I did not smell good when I got home. And I just showered and I still didn't. Like I had to shower twice to get all of the aircraft off of me. And then I immediately did laundry. I was like, I'm over it. And it. I was honestly glad you were already at work when I woke up because I was like, I'm not human yet. Like, I need a little more time. I had this big plan in my head. I was like, I'll get home at 6, and I'll just get everything done, and then I'll nap later. No way, dude. My body was like, you're done, kid. You're out of here. Luckily, I answered some emails in that time. But here we are on the next day. It feels like time is going by so slowly, and now we're preparing for Chicago. I know. Crazy. God. Never ends. Next week, Mall of America. Well, I guess this week, if you're listening to it now. We'll be doing the Fanfare event, which I don't have to bump at, Friday night. Then the Mall of America show Saturday. Sunday, I'll be in Brooklyn for GCW. After that, we go to TNT in Liverpool, England for three shows for GCW and TNT. Then we will be at Germany for GCW WXW crossover. I don't know exactly what shows we're on. I know we're definitely on the the two GCW shows. Then when I get home from that, I will be at Relentless Wrestling in Spokane, Washington. I'll be doing a seminar for the first time in a while mm. on Friday night and then doing the show Saturday night. And then after that, we go to Atlantic City for GCW Fight Club. Uh, and then we go straight to Japan for two shows in Cork and Hall and Shinkiba First Ring. Then I get home and do Los Angeles for GCW. And then I can announce now I will be opening for St. Paul and the Broken Bones at the Eastern in a wrestling contest. They're going to have a wrestling ring at the St. Paul and the Broken Bones show, at the Eastern, which means the last time I came home from Japan, I went to the Eastern to see Father John Misty. And this time I'm going to get home from Japan and perform at the Eastern. How fucking cool is that? I will fucking love that. What a what a growth. It's, it's I'm not going to astrology dork out on you, but it's really cool. It's just knowing yeah. your chart, knowing what's going on. It's, it's really fucking astrology cool. Astrology dork on me, baby. I love it. It's, I don't know. We're dealing with... We lay a foundation, and then we get to step onto that foundation, and this is you stepping on the foundation. Phenomenal. I feel like I'm stepping on the foundation. GCW will be doing the first Cork and Hall show. What a blessing. I've already gotten to do Cork and Hall twice, which is insane. But now I will be going back under the GCW banner. It's the first time they've ever run this venue, the most historic venue in Japan, besides probably the Tokyo Dome, which it's attached to. 
Uh, but we don't have 50,000 people yet. But we have a few a few thousand we can put in there that I think will enjoy the GCW product. And we can get crazy as fuck in there. So I we got a lot of cool stuff coming up. And returning to Fest at the uh, end of October. Hell yeah. Some other stuff in between there. But, you know, we're good. We feel it. I love it. I'm excited. I don't know how you remember all of that. I kind of do, kind of don't. But I've started trying to remember it better because... I want to keep informing people on where they can see me and give them as many opportunities as possible so nobody says to me, I didn't know you were coming here. Yeah, I hear that all the time. It's frustrating. Promoter, promote. All right, let's do some questions, Peter. Let's do Peter. some questions. Um, just because we've been talking about it, the Patreon will be updating. We're going to release everything over the course of the next month. And starting in October, we will actually have tiers yeah, that are real different tiers. from each other. <laughs> yeah, that aren't just give me more money or don't. And thank you so much to everyone that has just been like, yeah, whatever, I'll give yeah, you Yeah, we want to we wanna give you more for supporting more, and that's fair. We've done this long enough to where we can now uh, give you some differences and give you some cool stuff uh, in some different tier categories. So we're very excited. And we will have a lower tier, too, for people who aren't ready to jump all the way on. So... I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be great. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, okay, this is from Miguel. Hypothetically speaking, if, hypothetically speaking, if you were a, to arrive for a show in another country and no one was at the airport to greet you and give you a <laughs> ride to your hotel, story sounds very specific. Yeah. And the contact number given to you bounced back. Would you consider doing another show with that promotion? Um, I got to say this. I wouldn't even go to the country if I didn't have that information first. So like every out of the country tour I've done, I've had full information given to me before I leave, but there's no way I'm getting on a plane to go to some other country if I don't have that information before I leave, especially even if it's like, you know, Hey, just, if you can taxi to this hotel, when you get there, that's easy enough to handle, but I have to have all that information before I leave my house to go to another country. I'm not quite Matt Cardona level where he has the most insane international rate you've ever heard in your life, which is probably why he wasn't on this Australia tour. Uh, because he's like, I'm leaving my house to go to another country. Like that's a big risk for me to take. And it is a big risk. And there's like minimal standards I have, which is like, I got to know what's up when I get there before I get on this plane, you know? Yeah. It's gotta happen. Yeah. Okay. So I guess the answer is no, I would not, because I wouldn't get to that point. If Dennis Rodman does not show up this weekend, do we riot? No, we don't, because I think it's a very, it's a far off and away option. Dennis will obviously be there in person. I know he's a very busy man. Uh, The idea that I've been told by people is that he's as weird as I am, or weirder, so that it's it, when brought to his attention, there's things he just does because he feels like doing them. And so we are trying to present these options as uh, with as much fun as possible. Uh, so there is a possibility. I've spoken to a few people about it uh, that he will. But also, if he doesn't, it doesn't. It'll be fine. We still have Baby Bop. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's the biggest get of the century. Let's counter offer Dennis, yeah. and uh, instead of live podcast, we just all watch Bo is Afraid together. If I could watch Bo's Afraid with Dennis Rodman and maybe he would hold my hand, I think I'd just, I could, I'd die happier than Bo, I'll tell you that. Spoilers! You've had enough time, motherfuckers. You're either going to watch it or you're not. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, this is from Rob. I don't remember ever hearing about it, so apologize if I missed it, but Effie, have you watched your Life of episode yet? 
I have not. That's uh, fine. I'm in a much better headspace about it now. But I have to be honest, like when I was filming that with the three weeks off and three weeks on, I was not having the most fun of my life. Uh, it was a very stressful time. Even thinking back on it now, it's very stressful. But I think it's good to have these moments to reflect on at a later date. That later date has not come yet. Yeah, I've heard from people that they love it. It's really great. It's really insightful. Really gives a better look at me. But I could also tell you that's the case because I filmed it. I filmed the footage. But I will say... I turned in five days worth of footage and they got it down to about a two hour presentation. So shout out to John Falapovich for editing that down because I just handed him everything and said, deal with it, motherfucker. And he certainly dealt with it. So I think there's a good through line in there from what I hear. I think it's a great time. It's going back and looking at the pot because I'm a little bit more tied in with like what podcast episodes were coming out when. Yeah. And those were dark times earlier. Yeah, this I think year. a lot of people have come to us and said, "Hey, it seems like y'all are both in a better headspace in the podcast now. Like it's more fun to listen to. It's more great." But it is. There was a time where it was just like everything kind of felt like a struggle, and there was a lot more just like I don't know. It felt heavier at the time, and now I feel in a better place and in a. I'm carrying my weight better. I yeah. think I'm still yeah. bitching a lot about stuff, but it's not without. Uh, solution, you know? I feel like I'm cutting through the jungle. Unless I got my machete sharpened. Yeah. I've tried to, uh, so to speak, shave the rocket, you know? So, like, the rocket is moving forward, and if your rocket has a lot of weird bumps on it, it's not going to get full aerodynamic range. So the things that were little bumps on my rocket moving forward, I've tried to cut off entirely. And that means being a little bit more of a bitch professionally to make sure that I am not dealing with so much bullshit. Uh, but I also had to earn getting to that point, you know? Okay, this is from Julie. What are you most excited about this weekend that you are allowed to talk about? Um, honestly, the end of brunch. Once brunch is over, I I feel like it's all gravy from there. Mm-hmm. I think everybody will have fun at brunch. I think it will be a great time. These shows are a nightmare for me. And I want to keep doing them. I feel... Uh, almost an obligation, which I don't think is the right word to use. And obviously I'm speaking recently as I close in on a brunch, which makes it very difficult, but this is also a brunch that's happening outside of a WrestleMania. It's happening outside of a collective. It's happening, you know, alongside a Starcast and all in or all out or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, but there are bigger challenges with this one and I'm just getting more tired in dealing with some of the stuff I'm dealing with. And it's very hard for me to go out and do, as many dates as I do and continue to do this and take on the stress of running another show. Like it's very much involved and very much hands-on and I book everything and I deal with everything. So I think once I kind of get through this brunch, I'll be able to have a clearer vision of what I want to do. You know, I think I'm going to commit to doing Philly next year for WrestleMania, but I don't, at this point, I don't think I'm committing beyond that. And, you know, I, if that makes you sad, let me know if it, if it needs to end, it's fine. But also I am busy. I am growing. I am continuing to do more stuff and I want to have fun doing these shows. And this one has not been fun at all. I'll just be honest. I think it will be very fun on the actual event, but everything else surrounding it, I have not enjoyed. And I don't think I'm going to let that show through this weekend, but I'm also, I feel completely fine being honest at this point with the people who listen. Cause y'all know me. I don't, I have no reason to bullshit you. This has not been enjoyable, but I'm going to have fun regardless. Yeah, it's it's also like, 
you have a little more insight. There's so much stuff that when you are running the production end of things, you are so fucking miserable for, and then you get to it and it's fantastic. Right. And then it's over and you go, God, I don't ever want to do that again, but I will. Right. And it's also knowing that if I don't take care of these things now that are not fun and make me uncomfortable, that I will have to deal with them on the date of the show, which makes things damn near impossible. So it's just like making sure I am on top of the shit earlier and just my schedule has been crazy. I mean, you know this more than anyone, Peter, it's to do this with this schedule. Like sometimes you're, sometimes I feel very, very appreciated. And sometimes I want to look up and yell, like, is anyone paying a fucking attention to what I'm doing? No one has ever done what I'm doing. I'm doing things no one's ever done. And it's, you don't want to sound like a little, like, look at me, look at me. But it's very hard to like, look around at the landscape of pro wrestling and not be like, is this is this is this like is this just expected at this point like oh effie just does all of this stuff is expected it's very hard not to have that kind of attitude and i don't want to have that attitude so i'm gonna i'm gonna work on my gratefulness and i'm gonna be very kind and sweet and appreciative of everyone's hard work this weekend and no that doesn't mean i need your help because i don't have time to explain everything to you at this point for you to help me and it'd be beneficial it i don't know how you help out big brain gemini (laughs) <laughs> it's just you contain all of it and and it's hard for me to get it yeah. out i can't believe i agreed to do another seminar man oh these poor children i don't hold back at these seminars this is gonna be a mess but it's they need to hear it yeah you're either gonna fall back in love with wrestling after a seminar with effie or you're gonna quit and what and it's you're gonna make the choice that's right for you trust me yeah yeah i but uh, i don't know something that i've had on my heart lately is just it is too easy to not have hard conversations with people Mm -hmm. and hard conversations are necessary at times. Yes. And to decide that you're just going to like, I had to have one with someone in my life this week, which ended up being kind of pointless now that I like look back on it and everything. Or it worked in your favor. Or it worked in my favor. Yeah. You know, um, but it's just like, I don't know. I don't want to be that person anymore. I don't want to like let such shit and, I'll describe it even lazier. I don't want to have to put the extra effort into these things beyond the effort I'm already having to put into them. But if it's required, then I will do it. It just reminds me too much of going back to like managing a business. And it's very much like I left that because I didn't want to take those moments anymore. And they were very difficult. And it's not that I can't handle difficult things, but it's also like I'm choosing a life where that isn't necessary. And it turns out it's absolutely necessary still and all the time in any facet of working. Yep. We've gotten off topic with that, but I feel like it was completely on topic. Yeah. Okay. We're going to end with a fun one. Okay. This is from Danny. What are both of y'all's recommendations for movies I may have missed in the past five years? I'm getting back into cinema. In parentheses, I've seen Tar twice. (laughs) Oh my God, you fucking freak. (laughs) I saw Tar twice. (laughs) I love it. Uh, shout out our tar fans, uh, out there. Uh, we don't want to become Lydia tar. It's, it's, this is a, we are not idolizing Lydia tar. It's a, it's a moment of contention with how you should act professionally in your space. This is a big overarching question about what you've missed in the last five years. I, I don't, where do I start? Yeah. I love the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie fucking ripped. It was beautiful. I saw it in 3D, and I usually don't like 3D movies. Uh, you should go watch Avatar and Avatar 2. I'm saying this directly to Peter, really. 
Uh, they are beautiful pieces of cinema. I watched. I read an article today that says how to watch Avatar two, and they were right. It's. I think you'll enjoy it more if you read that article first, okay. just because it gives you a little more. I'm just trying to cut the cynicism out, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think you should watch. Uh, I don't know. Just go through any A24 film list of the past five years and watch. Yeah, watch Minari. Did you watch Minari? No. Oh, Minari fucks. Minari's so goddamn good. Yeah, you should watch Minari. Uh, You should watch... um, I think you should watch Talk to Me, which is recent. I think it's one of the best horror movies of the past five Mm -hmm. years, truly. Uh, I was talking to one of the Australian guys about the movie. And he said, did you see Rakarak? I've made a film. And I said, yeah. And I didn't know it was going to be a real movie because I told Jimmy Lloyd, I'm not going to Rakaraka's film premiere. And it turns out it was talked to me and it fucking ripped. And I felt so stupid that I could have been at an A24 film premiere that Jimmy Lloyd was invited to because they're doing a deathmatch documentary about him. And I said, no, Jimmy, I'm not doing that. We just finished the show. Turns out Rakaraka, the real deal. Shout out to the Philippu brothers. Uh, Go watch The Lighthouse. There's so much farting in that movie. It's yeah. great. I'm just picking movies out of my head that seem fun. Uh, good Time is a good time. Women Talking. Did you see Women Talking? I didn't see Women Talking. Ooh, that's a heavy-ass movie. That's great. I watched that on a plane, too, and it was uh, it was heavy. Heavy. Women Talking. You know what those women do? They talk. They talk. But it is. They talk about some heavy shit. Shit. Yeah. They're not used to having rights. They got to make some decisions. Uh, one of my favorite movies over the past five years is the director's cut of Dr. Sleep. Okay. I haven't seen the director's cut. I only saw the regular one. I mean, I'm sure cut the regular one's great. It's good. The director's cut's excellent. Okay. I'm into doing that again. I got to see The Shining in theaters and that really fucking ruled. That rules. Yeah. I'll go see The Shining in theaters anytime it's playing. I, I think it'll, they'll play it at the plaza again, probably. Anything that What's-His-Face does. The guy who did Midnight Mass and Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, I don't know his name. Um, I can't think of his name. Maybe either. it's Ricky. Anything he does, I am a thousand percent there for. All right, I'm in. I'm sold. Go watch films. Go take it in. Enjoy the cinema. Enjoy cinema. Go watch Babylon, you idiots. Yeah, go watch Babylon. If I hear another negative Babylon review, I'm gonna go slap reviewers in the fucking mouth. You losers. You fucking losers. How dare you? It's Margot Robbie's best performance. Mm-hmm. There's an elephant shitting on a man. Are you kidding me? There's nothing. It features the film Avatar. Okay. Weekendateffies.com. Join the Patreon. Get in on the ground floor. Watch the vlogs. I've released two vlogs in a week because I'm fucking on top of my shit now. And we're going to have a Peter vlog. Yeah. We're going to have a fucking Peter vlog from from chicago by the time you get to me in chicago i will have already had two matches this is incredible and you're gonna catch the tail end of my craziness i love it i'm so excited i'm excited too this is gonna be so much fun woo